Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Husky Talk. Our guest today grew up in a dog mushing family and has been raising huskies since she was old enough to hold one. She manages her family's kennels. She is a two-time junior Iditarod champ and recently won the Canic 200 by, by edging out former Iditarod champ Brent Sass by one minute. Please welcome to the show 16-year-old Emily Robinson. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me on Husky Talk. Oh, yeah. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm Emily Robinson. I'm a second generation musher who's lived up here in Alaska my entire life. Lucky me, I live in the freezer. Um, like you guys said, I've been uh, raising sled dogs ever since I was a little tiny kid. And uh, in some of my baby photos, you can actually see me holding little tiny puppies. Um, so I've grown up uh, running and ra uh, raising sled dogs, but at the age of 12, I decided I wanted to um, see what the competitive side of mushing was. So at 13, I ran my first race. Um, but yeah, so uh, I've grown up with puppies in my yard. They came up onto my porch and would uh, lick their free run range puppies, just like chickens. So they come up onto my porch and curl up in little balls and puppy puppy uh, puppy piles. So yeah, that's that's some of my first memories of having sled dogs so talk to us about what you got and why you got dog sledding um so i i grew up with sled dogs my dad he moved up from michigan and ran the iditarod in 2001 um so i was born into it um but you know i i've been raised around sled dogs and i was just really i i really enjoyed it and i i am an animal lover and uh my my family says i'm a dog whisperer but um like I, I just grew up with it and uh, at the age of 12, I decided I wanted to race. Um, so that's kind of how it first started, um, but yeah. <laughs> what are some of your members, mem mentors in the world? Mentors in the world. Who inspired Who are some of my mentors? Um, so I have my dad, he's definitely one of my bigger mentors. Um, he's the one who first got me started and um, he had me on a tag sled when I was a little tiny kid. Um, and so I'd follow every single move that he made. If he, if he, if he had one hand on the handlebar and one he dropped down to let it rest, I'd copy that exact same movement. And so he's definitely the biggest mentor that I have, as well as um, I talked to, uh, I did a rod mushers and stuff. So uh, Pete Kaiser, he's giving us a lot of advice and um, also Dave Turner, he's another uh very prominent dog musher. He hasn't run the Iditarod, but he runs in a lot of mid-distance races and stuff. Um, but we've got information from a lot of different mushers, and that's what's great. So great about this community is that it's so small, and that you know everybody talks with each other and you know gives tidbits of advice and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Being only sixteen years old, talk to us about how you balance your passion for dog sledding with other aspects of your life, such as school and social activities. Ooh, very good question. Um, so dog bushing is like the main focus. That's what I focus on the most. And then um, definitely schoolwork. So schoolwork and dog are like pretty parallel. Um, and then like I'm, I'm homeschooled. So I, I live at home. I do dog chores. I, you know, I do, I, I, um, you know, I am able to balance in that way, but kids, uh, my competitors that do public school, I definitely uh, appreciate what they're doing because it's definitely a lot to have um, have a dog team and also be going full-time in school. Um, 
but yeah, like as as a junior musher and any other junior musher that you talk to, it's it's about having that family family structure and uh, you know, we wouldn't be able to do this without our families because uh, the sport is very, very expensive and it's also a lot of work. Um, so then like I, I have time to like, you know, do regular teenage things like Netflix and that sort of thing and um, also hang out with my friends. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much like dogs and schoolwork are parallel and then everything else kind of comes behind that. But yeah. How has your family supported your journey in dog sledding? Mm, very good question. Um, so obviously, uh, my dad, he's the one who started this. Um, and then my mom and dad are very, very, very supportive. Um, they've done so, so much. Um, my mom, she trains with me um, when we're four-wheeler training in the fall time. She's riding on every single run that we're doing, and we run two teams. So I take one team out, I go like on a three mile loop or a six mile loop. And then we come back, we unhook those dogs and hook up the next group and then go out again. And so it's a lot of dedication and a lot of hard work as well as my little brother, Stanley. Um, he, he helps a lot and he is going to be racing too this year. She's going to be running a, a hundred mile race, the Willow Junior 100. Me and him are going to be competing with each other. Um, but yeah, like my family definitely is a very, very big part of it. And they very much support me. And then like also family members out of the state, um, my grandparents and stuff, they're always cheering me on. And I actually have a an uncle who lives in the state, Uncle Tony, and uh, he helps a lot. He comes down to the races and he's my math guy. So yeah, that's how my family helps me. Can you describe the bond you have with your dogs and the importance of this bond? Mm. Very, very good question. Um, so it's having a bond with your dog team is vital. And uh, I spend every single day with the dogs. I'm constantly working with them and that sort of thing. And so like we start from the age of puppies where, you know, I'm taking them on walks. I'm, I'm going into their house when they're just little tiny babies, like the size of chipmunks. And, um, you know, I'm letting them smell me and um, I'm, I'm hanging out with them. I'll watch YouTube videos while I'm doing that sometimes or like listen to music. Um, and then like once they get older, I'll take them on puppy walks and, you know, just let them be adventurous. And then uh, in those early stages of running as a sled dog, you know, I'm helping them just learn how to, you know, uh, um, what would the word be to graduate into being an actual sled dog. But so like having a bond with your dog team and keeping your dog team happy is something that's really, really important. Like that's something that we really focused on this year uh, with our sled dogs is um, just for me, like uh, if I'm in a bad mood or like if I'm like not angry necessarily, but like just kind of have that bad mood energy, those dogs can sense that. And then that kind of like changes the entire traje trajectory of your entire, like the rest of your day with your dogs and like how they perform on the trail and stuff. So um, that's that's really important to us now is focusing on just having, you know, having a positive energy and working with those dogs and, you know, just having that bond. And that's something that's very crucial for me uh, running the junior races and stuff is I really do have that bond with my dog team, um, whereas other kids, sometimes they're. Um, they're borrowing other dogs from different mushers and that sort of thing. And they definitely do have a bond too, for sure. But like I'm working with my dogs every single day and I'm the primary uh, dog driver in my family. So I'm, you know, I'm the one that's primarily working with them. So. Let's talk about some of the races you have done. Can you share with us some of your favorite races you have, you have participated in? 
Yeah. Um, so I've competed in the uh, Willow Junior 100. That, that was the first race that I've ever uh, ran. And I ended up sixth my first year, second, uh, my second year, and then first the third year. So third time's the charm. Um, but I've, I've, that race uh, is really like nostalgic to me and coming, I'm going to be coming back to that for the next two years, uh, 17 I'll age out of that one. But um, like, it's, it's just a really like chill, relaxed, ra relaxed race. And it, it's focused very much on the kids and um, it's just a great race. And then you have junior Iditarod, which I did at 14, and uh, now I'm going into it at 16. Um, that one's really fun, but it's a lot more, like, junior Iditarod, it isn't a slouch of a race. It, it's definitely focused on teaching us kids how to be good dog, uh, dog mushers, and uh, they don't take it easy on you. Like, you focus on your dog team, and you're the one who's taking care of it. Um, you don't get a whole lot of help out there. It's it's pretty much you on your own, and that's something that I really appreciate. Like, um, it's, it's nice to go to that race where it's a little bit tougher. Um, and then... I have the Willow, uh, the Willow 150, which I did. That was a tougher race. That was for adults. My dad and I competed in that race. That was really cool. Um, the Ace race, that one is definitely very, very fun. So you run on the Denali Highway, and so you start at the par parking lot of the Denali Highway, and so then you run out to Alpine Creek Lodge, and so it's a 64-mile run. And so you're running it as, pretty much as fast as you can, and there's not any race rules, so you can start from – uh, eight o'clock to 10 o'clock. That's when you can leave the start shoot. So, you know, mushrooms can pick where they want to leave. And then you run out there and whoever has the fastest time is the winner. Um, but so then at the Alpine Creek Lodge, you, you're hanging out with all those big mushers and that sort of thing. And uh, that is really, really cool. You know, you're just sitting down at this giant table with all these all these mushers. And um, then then afterwards, um, we, we do the, the award ceremony. And it's it's just like a big old fun time and um, hanging out with all those mushers is really, really cool. Um, so that one um, isn't continuing any longer, which I hope they change their mind. Um, but then there's also the, what what other races? The Yukon Quest 80, which I'm going to be running in a week and a half. That one's cool. Um, it's, a, it's a shorter race, so it's more of a sprint race after I've just gotten done with a 200 mile race. So that'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, like all of the races that I've competed in, they've all been really, really fun and I, I really enjoy it and I like the intensity and, um, just going out there and competing. So yeah, like all of those races are really, really fun. And especially, especially the junior races, I really enjoy going to those junior races and there's only two of them in the state of Alaska. So. Since you were a two-time junior Iditarod champion, can you share what that means to you? Um, being a two-time junior Iditarod champion is very, very cool. And I really enjoy, uh, like, advocating for that race and talking about it and all that sort of uh, thing. So um, for me, being a junior Iditarod champion, um, I find it very honorable and very, um, I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud to be a junior Iditarod champion. And, um, like, like I said before, it's, it's not an easy race. So, um, to be able to go out there with my dog team and, uh, compete with my peers and, you know, just, just see how we end up there. Um, that's really, really cool. And I just enjoy being out on the trail out there. Like it's, it's a very, very cool experience. And last year, like it was very sunny, uh, on the second day and you could see the mountains once you 
were coming back into the finish line. And so I'm just really, really honored to be a Junior Iditarod champion. Since you will be heading back again this year for the Junior Iditarod, what are some goals that you have? Hmm, what are some goals? Um, well, the goal is to have a, a very happy, excited dog team. Um, I want to I want to go into it with a, a very um, tough, strong dog team. Um, that's uh, like with all the races that I've done this year, that's uh, used to adversity and, you know, is willing to uh, step up, step up to the challenge. Um, I want to, I want to leave the checkpoint on time last year. I, I ended up three minutes late. So, um, I, I want to focus on like, it's really hard when you're tired and then I'm not very good at keeping track of time. So like, uh, towards the end, I was like scrambling to get out of there. Um, so definitely that, um, I definitely want to be on time. Um, but yeah, just, I, I don't, I'm not expecting to win this one. There's a lot of good competition in there, even though it's junior mushers. Um, I'm still like not counting on a win. So, um, you know, I'm just I just am excited to go out there and just try to do our best and, um, you know, just just go from there and see where we end up. Like that's that's all I can do. And that's the the mindset that I'm continuing to have continuing to have with all my races is just trying to do my best. And um, that's that's the mindset that I went in with the Connect 200. So. You recently ran the Connect 200 with some big names from the Iditarod, such as former champs Brent Sass and Ryan Reddington. You outmushed Sass at the end and won the entire race by one minute. Tell us about this experience and how you felt. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so um, the first day I started in the 33rd position, and so um, we we... I started there and this is the first time that I've ever started so far back in the pack. Like usually when I draw my bib number, which is like, it's like this canteen that has like the different tags of the different positions. And so uh, it starts from who's signed up first to last. And so I, I was more farther back. And so what you do is you, you swirl it around and then you pick out the, the tag and that's what you start as. And so, um, yeah, like I started more back at the pack and I passed, a lot of teams within the first day. Um, and so I, I was very like going into this race again. Um, I just wanted to have like a, a focused mindset of just, um, you know, keeping my dog team strong and just, you know, trying to have the best race that I could. And so, you know, I ended up passing a lot of teams within the first day and the trail was not easy by any means. It was a pretty, it was a pretty tough trail, but, you know, I was just trying to block that out of my mind. Like, uh, you know, I was, I was a little like grumbling under my breath, like, Oh, this, you know, the soft trail. But like, other than that, like, you know, that's every race. Every race is going to have those adversities and those difficulties, even on the trail. And it's it's just going to happen, whether it's weather or something else like it's it's going to happen. And so um, then then once I got to the halfway point, I found out that I was in second place and I was like, oh, oh like <laughs> was not expecting that. And so uh, Ryan Reddington was two minutes behind me and Brent Sass was seven minutes in front of me. And so I did my six hour layover where I was taking care of my dogs. I was um, getting them bedded, bedded down. I fed them, I bedded them down, got them sleeping. And then I went into my truck and slept in the back of the truck for a couple hours, which uh, wasn't very restful sleep, but you, you get what you get. And then um, started out at two in the morning and um, 
10 miles out from the from the halfway point i caught to brent i caught up to brent sass and a little bit after that i passed him and so i was in front of him for a while um then i had to uh halfway from or there's what's called a dog drop and so um at those dog drops you can uh leave a dog behind if he's not quite ready to like continue um, on the race course. And so I had one of those dogs where he was just getting pretty tired. And so I loaded him, loaded him up into my sled and carried him in my sled bag uh, for five miles. And so during that time, Brent Sass had passed me. And so once I got to the dog drop, I, I gave him to my dad, um, passed him on to my dad and my dad took him from there. And so um, I started with a 12 dog team and then by the finish line, I ended up with 12, 10 dogs. And so all my, most of my other competitors had 14 uh this the amount of dogs you could take was 14 dogs i decided to do 12 dogs and then by the finish line i ended up with 10 dogs because i left one dog at the halfway point one at the dog drop and so um brent had got a two mile lead on me and so i dropped we dropped down onto the river and i was just focusing on keeping in front of brian like just keeping that gap that i had in between him i had like a two mile gap and so then I think I gained a three mile gap after a while. And so then I focused my attention back onto Brent and catching Brent. And so um, once once we got, I, I got closer to the finish line, like 10 miles out, that's when I started encouraging my dogs to go faster. I'm like, all right, come on, we're gonna, we're gonna go a little bit faster guys. And so they started picking up the pace and um, like I caught Brent a mile from the finish line. And so um, there's this thing called uh, no man's land. And so in no man's land, uh, the musher that's in front of you, if you call trail, which is like the command or the request to the musher to let you buy, they don't have to yield. They don't have to allow you um, buy. So this was like, I caught up to him like let a couple hundred feet from the from no man's land. And so he he just let me over, he let me pass him. He knew I had the faster dog team. And there's actually this video on uh, online on Facebook and stuff that has me catching up to Brent Sass. And that is a really cool video. Um, it really shows what dog mushing is like and uh, like the excitement that comes from dog mushing in those sort of situations. And so I still had the second place mentality when I came across the finish line. Like I was I was completely content to be second place behind the mighty Brent Sass. And so to pass him and to come across that finish line in first place like my my brain was just like not comprehending that <laughs> and so uh it was very very cool and very very exciting and yeah something that i could have never dreamed of like to win my first 100 mile race that was really really cool so what advice do you have for young people who may be interested in pers pursuing dog mushing or similar activities Ooh, ooh, that's a toughie. Um, I'd say just follow your dreams. Uh, don't let obstacles get in your way. Um, with anything, there's going to be uh, difficult situations, and you kind of just have to push through that and keep moving forward. Um, that's something that I'm constantly learning is you kind of just have to keep a positive attitude and just keep moving forward. And I did in the Connect 200 have one of those moments where mentally I was in a rough position. I, I was like thinking of all these negative scenarios and all these negative, negative things. And then I basically, my, my, I called my parents and they talked me out of it. But um, like I, in one of my races, in multiple of my races, I'm going to be 
doing, I'm not going to be able to call my parents. So I, I have to learn to like, just, you know, drink some water because I was dehydrated and um, just like change that mentality and start thinking positively again and just think of moving forward. Um, that's something that you learn from, learn, I've learned from my dogs too, is that uh, it's always forward orientation. It's never, it's never turning around in the trail and moving backwards. It's always moving forwards. And so that's basically life. Like you really have no choice. Like you, you, you have to move forward. And so that's kind of the same thing that I'm starting to understand is that you just have to keep moving forward and like go through those, uh, those humps in the trail and those adver adversities and just keep, go keep on going. So um, that's definitely a piece of advice I'd give is just keep moving forward and, you know, maybe not necessarily looking back, like just keep on moving. Finally, we have the Iditarod Fast Five. We have five different Iditarod topics we'd like you to try and answer as fast as you can. Favorite musher? Ooh, uh, Pete Kaiser. <laughs> Favorite Iditarod book? Uh, Libby Riddle's book, uh, Danger the Dogyard Cat. Favorite checkpoint? Uh, Ruby. Favorite volunteer? Uh, Emily Dinges. Favorite former champion? Ooh, 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 ooh. Ah! Favorite former champion, um, Pete Kaiser. <laughs> That's all we have. Thank you for being on our show, Emily. Good luck in the junior. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Special thanks to our, to our guest, Emily Robinson, for being on our show this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please stop by iTunes and leave us a review. It helps with our ratings. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or people you'd like to hear on the show, email, email us at huskytalk1 at gmail.com. If we hear from you or you leave a review, we will read it on the show. We would like to also give credit to Hobo Jim for our intro song, the Iditarod Trail song, and our outro song, Letting Him Run. In the land of the midnight sun, mm, they call this race the Iditarod Trail. To me, it's Reddington's Run. In my heart, it's Reddington's Run.